Hi, my name is Tracy G and I'm an inner work coach, NLP trainer and podcaster extraordinaire. Passionate about equality and a world that is more diverse and inclusive, giving each and every one of us the opportunity to be the best version of ourselves. As a biracial woman, I've experienced my fair share of discrimination in the past and come out on top. We all know that discrimination and bias still exists in the world today, and it's not always easy to know what to do about it. This podcast, All One Inclusive, is about celebrating all diversity and being proud of all that you are. I chat with inspiring guests and my friends as we share stories from news sources and listeners from all over the world who have experienced some form of discrimination firsthand. The aim is for us to be able to discuss this issue more openly so it becomes better understood by all and provide tips about what you can do to make a difference. The world may have a lot of catching up to do, but if we can imagine a more equal world, we can create change step by step, ripple by ripple. Hi! Hello! How are you? How have you been? Not too bad, not too bad. <laughs> Almost there. Almost there. Almost there. I think I think could you change that to something like I've been good. <laughs> uh, I've been good. almost good, a little bit good, or fantastic. I don't know which level. Because when you say not too bad, the not is like disappears and it's like too bad. Bad. I know. I know. Oh, I'm I'm once I'm over this work audit, then I'll just be like, I feel good. Okay, great. Yeah. No, it's been, it has been good. I went to a concert yesterday. Ooh, what kind of concert? So I'm going to say her name incorrectly. Shreya Gosal. Gosal. She's an Indian singer. So she came to Bella Vista yesterday. So I went with my whole family. She's a wonderful singer. And it was a great show, actually. She did a really good job. She sang for a really long time. So I was very impressed. And what was great about it? The show. And she has beautiful sort of she has a beautiful voice. And she's been singing since since in the industry in Bollywood. Um, because they have playback singers, because you know, Bollywood movies work that, you know, somebody else sings and the actor and actress is mine. Oh they're singing. It's like a whole thing. Okay. So all of these songs that you know I've grown up listening to she's been singing because she's been singing for so long so mm. so it was a combination of nostalgia and and the fact that she has a really nice voice and you know she is a good performer and stuff like that so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. lovely lovely so that's why you look a bit worse for wear this morning <laughs> <laughs> yes probably should have put some makeup on this morning but to be honest I woke up just in time so. oh there you go there you go sorry I don't have any makeup on today either so what else have you been doing or is that the summation of your week yeah I think so that and work Mm, yeah 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 a lot of work things as well Mm. yes and what about you what have you been up to um well it's been a very emotional week actually I've had um unfortunately a friend passed away it was very 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 tragic suddenly a friend I used to work with so, and I got the news on Tuesday. 
So I was really, that really not shocked, you know, just a bit shocking, a lot shocking. I hadn't seen her in a while because, you know, you've got friends that you meet at work that you, you're friends with, but you don't see that often. Yeah. Um, and we hadn't seen each other for maybe a year, I think. Mm. And so then so it's like a really sad thinking mm. that oh, I wish I'd have seen her more and mm. and just reflecting on the amazing woman she was. She was just yeah. this incredible, kind soul and she gave the best hugs. Uh, you know I like a good hug. You do like, a good, like hug. a good hug. She gave the best hugs. Mm. She really did. And I always used to say that to her actually. When we when we greet each other, we give each other a hug. I mean, it would be an extra long one, which probably yes. make you really uncomfortable. It'd be an extra long one because we get she gives good hugs. I have to say you give great hugs. She goes, Yeah, you too. So yeah, um it's very, very it's a tragedy. I miss her and yeah, it's very sad. So a few of us who would regularly catch up with her and mm. um, who used to work together, we're going to meet um, next weekend and, yeah, celebrate mm. her memory. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's a nice thing to do, I think. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was very sudden, wasn't it? She's mm. very young. Yeah, she was only, she's only 52. Yeah, that's super young so just yeah and it just like puts everything in into perspective and it's a awful reminder that life is just too short yeah 100 percent. Mm. you have to um you know you know every, we're all gonna die yeah i mean there's no denying that we're all gonna die and what's important is what we do before we do mm-hmm. yes not to sweat the little stuff. Yeah, that we do before we do. But today is exciting because mm-hmm. we have our first guest speaker. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so excited. It is very exciting. It's very exciting. We've been talking um, about this happening, but I did not think it would actually yeah, happen as quickly. It's, but yeah, so. it's about happening. It's happening. So yes. um, our, our guest speaker is Sinead McDivitt. <laughs> And I've known Sinead for a while, if like through friends. Yep. And um, how do you say your name, Meenal? Oh, yes. <laughs> so this is the thing, right? So you sent me the, the name and I'm just, I, I always confuse this name because it's not said how it's spelt. So I always go Sinead, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like terrified that I'm going to say that, you know. Seeded. That oh. is not her name. Yes, it is a Sinead. Yes. Seeded. Okay. But that is that is to be fair, with the Irish names that is quite common. Yes. Like Sir Sersha. Sir I don't Sh- know what you're saying. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Never mind. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's Irish. But anyway, she's a she's she's a movie star. But, yeah, uh, I don't know how to say her name either. But, anyway, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's why you'll be doing her introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We met We met through friends. She used to live with a, um, an old housemate of mine. Yes. And so I met, whilst I visited her place, I met her then. And then also, coincidentally, it's just a small world, right? You know, our friend Joe. Yes. Journalist Joe, because we've got a yeah. few Joes. 
she um met her at a an event mm. because I guess they're both they were both um documentary makers so she met her at an event and so she was Joe was telling me all about Sinead when she met her because um Sinead had this idea for this um, documentary that she thought I would be interested in mm. um and so Joe was telling me all about it but that was years and years and years well not years maybe two years mm. before I coincidentally met Sinead at, through Heidi so interesting um, but yeah, she eventually got to do a documentary called The Love Experiment. And I was asked to join the cast. And I have my 30 seconds of fame. <laughs> 30 seconds of fame in the in the intro to the yeah. show which was a pilot, became a pilot. There was a pilot episode mm-hmm. on Channel 10. Um, we don't know if that's going to get more episodes or not. So we'll yeah, see. Because I'd like to see your 15 minutes of fame. Uh, more like five. <laughs> but, yeah, it was really cool, though. It was such a cool and fun project. Mm. Uh, it was so awesome. And, um, oh, it looks like she's here. So I could introduce her. <laughs> What's oh, so exciting? Oh, I'm really excited. Compose myself. Okay. Yes. Calm down. Calm down. All right. So it's my pleasure to introduce Sinead McDivitt, who is a Dublin-born filmmaker based on Gadigal country with an award-winning background in design. She writes and directs commercials, documentaries, short films, and music videos. And in recent years, she also created the first original film program for TED in the US. She won silver in competition at the annual MIP Formats event in Cairns, France, for a new cinematic documentary series on the power of vulnerability called The Love Experiment and has hosted live on stage at the Sydney Opera House without dying, which she considers a massive life goal achieved. (laughs) And filmmaking for Sinead is a form of alchemy, part self-therapy and part attempt to make us feel less alone, more connected to each other than before. Welcome. Hi. Can you guys hear me okay? He perfectly. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Lovely to meet you. Lovely. Never- yes, it's Mino. Mino Sinead. Hi, Mino. Lovely to meet you. This Lovely is to very meet you exciting. too. Yeah, we're very excited. <laughs> Thanks, Mino, for having me. I think your podcast sounds amazing. Thank you. Oh. And uh, haven't you got a great background? I love it when people come on to Zoom and they're surrounded by books. Yes. It's just like... They would- Banjo hanging there on the side. Yeah, ban- oh banjo. That's a lot. More, that's, that's I've never <laughs> seen a banjo. I have to say, I've never seen a banjo before um, in a background. Wow. Throw it in there. Mm. I mean, I'd like to say it was me who played that, but uh, <laughs> not the partner. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for joining us, Sinead. My pleasure. Oh, we were actually stuck. We would. I was just talking about you with Meenal, yes. and uh, Meenal's having problems saying your name. Classic. She's not, she's not good. She's it's classic, right? With Irish names. She reads them and she goes, 
I know it's I know it's not pronounced how it looks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, excuse me, but yes, I, I will endeavor to make sure I don't make my mistake again. Mean I'll, I'll be highly offended. I'm just gonna put you on the spot now and say have yes. a go. <laughs> <laughs> go on, have a go, have a go. It's hilarious. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think of it kind of like seen it or, or yeah, it's just it's yeah, that'll do. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, I always say Sinead O'Connor. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, what are the Gen? What are the youngest ones? Gen Zero or something or whatever they are. Well, Mina must be Gen are. Zero because I said Sinead O'Connor, and she's like, I don't even know who that is. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's John Howard. The no, new documentary coming out on her life, by the way, which looks incredible. Oh wow! I have to see yeah. that definitely when it comes yeah. out. So what did you think of the questions we sent you? God, I thought they were good. And some of them were hard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some of them were hard. I was like, damn you, Tracy. <laughs> I uh I feel like you're getting your back on me for asking <laughs> me these yes. difficult questions. Yes. You know, those questions. You, in the hot seat. you did yeah. you totally put me in the hot seat. But I oh <laughs> I won't talk to I did already mention the love experiment. And I remember uh. the the toughest the one is really strange but the questions I remember were the ones that were I guess more emotional but also like for example you know so the worst thing that's ever happened to you that was one I remember yeah and and the ones about there was a few about death but I just thought that was strange there was like maybe I'm sure there was at least two death questions in there (laughs) yeah yeah there were I think I'm a little bit obsessed with death, so I was delighted that they were in there. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about death. Let's talk about death. But yeah, you know, I mean, I guess the the the, the point of those questions, or when I got out of those death questions specifically, yeah. was that you know life is short. Mm. Yeah, true. And look, it's not the first thing you'd be talking about with someone you've just met. I hope. But not. everyone, everyone has a feeling about it, don't they? Like it. People are either allergic to the idea, terrified at peace. I think it's fascinating. Mm. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast, right? That is that is a whole yeah. other podcast. <laughs> so we've got some questions that we sent to you. Thank you yeah. very much for um, having a look at those. Pleasure. So I'm going to lead with um, the first question, mm. which we sent to you is, is when uh-huh. did you know you were gay? Oh, yeah. Um Gosh, I'm going note free here, which is like I usually over prepare for things, but I did read through them and I had a good thing. So here I go without notes. Uh, that The answer to that question would be after an episode of Home and Away. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, right. Growing up in Dublin, growing up in the UK yourself, Tracy. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people are obsessed with Home and Away. Mm-hmm. So... I'd watch it religiously along with all my friends. And there's a storyline developing over bloody ages about um, Shannon, played by Isla Fisher, and her English teacher, Mandy. Do you remember her, the Grimes teacher? <sighs> I don't they know, were... maybe, but I do remember, obviously, Isla Fisher being in Home and Away. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But there was this, like, this tension building up between the two characters. And I was just like, is this a gay storyline? <laughs> so... I, I didn't know anybody else gay at the time because I was, you know, still in school. Mm. Um, but yeah, it built and built and built. And then one day, Mandy and Shannon kissed in Mandy's caravan, which Ooh. looking back was like a super creepy storyline and highly inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> yeah, teacher, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, hmm. 
but uh, probably responsible for making a lot of people come out because certainly I when I saw that you know all of these feelings that I'd been struggling with just kind of rose to the surface and I remember running dramatically up to my bedroom and throwing myself on my bed and bursting out crying and my mother ran up to me you know and was like oh what is it love are you you know are you hurt because she was in the kitchen she didn't see any of this happening because I used to play these episodes at low volume you know so that nobody would even guess and I said no no is it a boy no you know did somebody say something mean to you no and then she was like isn't your sexuality she couldn't you know saying the word sex she couldn't say the word sexuality and I was like I mean she just had to look around my room there was a cardboard cutout of Cheryl Crow in the corner uh there was a life-size there was like (laughs) my my walls are plastered with the Lannis Morissette and Jewel and so on so it was pretty obvious you know so she probably um she probably had guessed so yeah that's my coming out story oh wow I really and how how um appropriate that it was home and away and you live in Australia now oh I know I know Mm. absolutely I stalked uh Mandy for Rachel Blake (laughs) trying to find out where she was now because a friend heard the story before and he just thought it was hilarious and he had worked with her he's like I can get you guys to meet up I feel like like, oh my god maybe yeah (laughs) but was I was I was actually gonna say who was the crush then was it Isla Fisher or Rachel Blake which one was the who the crush oh the crush Mm. well Shannon played by Isla Fisher was the student and then Mandy was the oh sorry my crush yes oh definitely the teacher oh okay yeah I know was that is that a bit wrong no 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 that's yeah. all no that's all not at all that's really rachel, good if you're out there if rachel is listening to this thank you <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to google after this to see because i can't remember who she is but i will i will okay what's the next question oh yeah what inspired you to become a director of tv and film uh pretty much getting jumped oh um yeah uh god love her she's probably heard this story so many times but um I had a life as a graphic designer very happy life as a graphic designer um happily engaged to my ex-partner and so on and life was looking very comfortable and predictable and then one one day uh she basically ran off with the captain of the roller derby team which is a very classic gay plot twist (laughs) Uh, and will definitely be made (laughs) oh no it's already been made into the movie don't worry uh yeah so like look I was not for six I didn't know my arse from my elbow and like in all seriousness I was kind of um thrown into this kind of level of grief I'd never dealt with before I didn't know how to overcome it when we'd been together a long time mm-hmm. and so uh, my friends dragged me off to a weekend in the Blue Mountains to recover to help heal and fresh air and so on and I had this weird kind of synchronistic conversation with a woman there at the, the stables where we rented the horses that she shared a story about how her daughter overcame sudden grief and turned it into something um, beautiful. And I was kind of like, whoa, kind of jolted out of my <laughs> my fog of grief for a moment. And as I walked back to the car where my friends were waiting, I started hearing this voice in my head saying the word alchemy just mm-hmm. kind of came out of nowhere, like alchemy, this idea of, you know, turning, you know, the old uh, medieval pseudoscience of turning lead into gold mm. but this idea of alchemy you know do alchemy with it and I was like what do I what this is super shit how could I do alchemy with this like no do alchemy with it and 
started having a conversation with this voice and I was just like, you mean like a book or something? Not a bit cheesy. It's only been a few days. No, no, not a book. Is it a magazine? No, no, no. It's a fit like it's a film, you storytelling. And I was like, oh fuck that. Oh my loud curse. Mm. I'm a loud curse in this podcast. You're gonna bleed me out. Yeah, I know. No, keep going. <laughs> oh, Go for it. Uh, I was like, fuck that. Like, I, I'm a designer. I never made a film before. You know, I'm not going to do that. But it was a very persistent um, feeling. Mm-hmm. Before you called it, the people in white coats, it wasn't a voice that was moving <laughs> no. at me night, night and day. But it was a very deep feeling. And so I struggled. No, 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 go away. And eventually it had its way. And so I went back to after to study film. And and that was just, wow, I made my, my first film about a, a guy who lost his left testicle which really helped oh. me through my grief, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, okay, interesting choice. Yeah, yeah, well, I just, I was looking around. This voice had told me to to use this experience as alchemy. And so I just thought, I just need to make a film about someone who's lost something very precious to them and who found a way to um, not only survive through it or recover, but to actually turn it into something better than before. Mm. So I researched and researched and... Um, was given this book called Lessons from My Left Testicle, which is a great read, by the way. It's oh, a great but, um, title. Yeah. So by the end of it, look, here's a, a gay woman who became an expert in testicles. Who would have who would have guessed? Yeah, there you go. So any not, questions you have? Not many women can say that. Never mind the gay women. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. very cool. That's very cool. Uh, lessons from My Left Testicle. I think that's such a catchy catchy uh title that's his book yeah the title yeah. of his book yeah, yeah. okay name this podcast at some point oh um, yeah we have to give a name to this podcast oh. maybe we'll call it lessons from my left testicle as well okay now you know the whole premise of our of this podcast is about um highlighting situations with bias and discrimination and to and to kind of address how it's handled and also to highlight that it still happens and maybe highlight situations where um, someone might think, well, I don't understand how that's by a bias behavior or attitude. Mm. And so we, this is probably a question we'd ask all our guests is, mm. can you describe a situation where you've been subjected to bias or discriminatory attitudes? Yeah, I mean... With the gay thing, for sure, that happened a lot after I first came out. I mean, you, you know, I think gay women are sexualized quite a lot. I think less now, you know, it's so wonderful what's happening with LGBTQ, the LGBTQ movement and um, younger people becoming comfortable in their queerness and so on. But like back when I came out, like if you were gay, especially, you know, where, where I grew up and so on, it was it was tough. So you'd be sexualized, you'd have men kind of approaching you and your girlfriend in the street asking you home and that kind of stuff. And you're like, we're, yeah. not, here. we're not here for your your pleasure. And it happened in Sydney as well. Really? Yeah, I remember I was waiting um, at the Traffic Lights Broadway shopping centre here in Sydney and this uh, guy just came up to me and my partner at the time and said, um, you girls free to come back with me? And just like, we're just holding hands, you know. So... Uh, I was also fired from a job for being gay once in America, one of my J1 summers. They discovered I was gay and then fired me for being alternative. I didn't know your alternative was the, the word. So, you know, but that was that feels like a long time ago now. I think um, in terms of being at working as a as a director who happens to be female, mm. I really I really think about that myself and just get on with the work. But you can't deny that, you know, unconscious bias is a real thing. Mm. with regard to 
you know, whether that's uh, gender identity, sexuality, cultural background, age and so on, it's there. It's there. Mm. And we actually all have it. Like I learned that I have it. Mm. You know, it's not that it's I think we go, oh, you know, all men have it towards women. I think we actually all have it. So I think the key is being aware of it. But anyway. Yeah, I, I guess I had one experience um, a few years ago where I had a, a cinematographer working with me, a guy. And, um, you know, you ask the you discuss how you frame a shot, frame up a shot. You know, it's going to be wide or close up and it's going to be, you know, front on or from the side or an angle. And so we discussed that. and we We're really clear on how to frame up the shot. And it left him be while I went on and did some other work and came back and he just framed up the shot like wildly different to how I briefed it in. And I was like, oh, that's odd. Uh, I was like, oh, no, that's actually no, the framing needs to be like this. And he's like, well, I just did it the way I felt was best. And I was like, this is a first. Mm. OK, OK. Yes. Yeah, so and you're the director, right? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I was directing. So the, the talent is sitting right in front of us. And it was just like, what does what does one do yeah. in these scenarios? Because you want to make them feel safe and at ease and not uncomfortable. It's really important, right? Mm. So I just I just said, that's yeah, that's not the way I, I, I wanted it. Let's can you reframe? You know, let, let's go. And he just said, "Ooh, bossy. <laughs> And I was just like, oh. my blood started to boil. Oh. And I was just like, you know, the meditation you do, you're like, yeah. create the gap, create the gap, don't worry. <laughs> and I just, I just, oh, I just started to keep real calm. And I said, reframe the shot, dude, you've got five minutes. And I, and I, I walked off kind of thing mm. again to do the work. And he did it. That was fine. And we got, a, got on with it. But later on, I, I had a chat with a mentor of mine and I said, have you ever encountered this? I mean, we all know Infectious Bite exists and all that kind of stuff, and, but it's not usually that bad, surely. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah, I've had that quite a bit. And I said, what do you do? You know, and she goes, just never hire them again. It's okay. that simple. Mm. You know, the filmmaking is so, so high pressure. Come shoot day. Everything's building up to shoot day. You can't afford to have people with those kind of attitudes on set because it just creates unnecessary stress mm. whatever kind of attitude that is you know but um that was it I was glad that to hear that from her that was very affirming because of course you think of a million you know snappy one-liners you wish you yes could yeah well that was actually yeah. my question were you happy with how you handled it oh kind of I mean yeah thinking about it now I guess I I, I did the best I could in the moment because I hadn't encountered this and certainly as a designer I hadn't encountered this as well mm. either given that the talent was there I did the best I could and yeah, yeah I think it was okay but mm. I wish that I wish someone could publish like a list of one-liners to use in the moment yeah nice. I know because it's I mean, I've had that as well I, I think we've I've felt it a few times where I've just been caught off guard like surprised yeah and then I guess it's like that whole amygdala response and you can't actually some people are really good at it but I don't know if it's because they've experienced it before and they thought about it and now they've they've got a really good comeback um but I just I'm almost like paralyzed like frozen with uh how to handle that Mm. whilst probably simultaneously feeling angry Mm. um and about how dare they blah blah blah. but thinking that's not a knowing and that's not how I want to how I want to react that's not what I want to put out back to that person 
but just not knowing what to do. And I've I've been in that situation a few times as well. Yeah, have you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's I hard to know, right? Yeah. I know a lot of people use humor. I think I use humor quite a bit. Yeah. Just just hope just laugh laugh it off hopefully and hopefully they realize the idi- you know the idiocy or the ridiculousness of the comment. So mm. it doesn't really all, always work though. No, yeah. well, I mine mine my my my, yeah. my go to is usually sarcasm, but that's not really. Yeah. <laughs> gonna say like what do you use okay we must have a separate chat about that yeah like sarcasm it's like "Mm." yeah Uh, honestly okay let's have a look what have I got oh yeah so how how, can I ask how long have you been directing now uh 2002 so probably like uh about seven years now I mean like my first film went out there into the big bad world like properly 2015 Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And all just right. all kind of happened very quickly after that. And do you, yeah. and do you love what you do? Oh my god, I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, I feel, yeah, I feel really in my body, and I feel really in the flow when I'm whether it's writing a script or coming up with the concept or just being on set. I love collaborating with people. I think it's, and I feel like I'm really helping as well. But I struggled with that for a while as a designer. Didn't really feel like I was helping as much as I'd like to so it feels yeah thanks for asking that question actually that makes me feel all <laughs> fuzzy and warm oh good good yeah. good good and so what beliefs do you have that have led you to where you are today oh Tracy this was a really hard question <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn you it's like cussed to the heart of things doesn't it yeah Look, I was thinking about this, right? Because for me, uh, beliefs are things I hold to be true, right? Yeah. And I think for most people, they'd be dynamic, right? They're never static. Mm. like an ebb and flow change and so on. Mm. And I've, to where I've led me to where I am today, God, it sounds like I'm about to win an Oscar or something. But I had to, th- I had to think about it and I thought, well, there's definitely been beliefs that have sabotaged me. Yeah. And like take me way off track. And, the, and those that I've had for as long as I can remember so I'll give you two two examples of the sabotage one I think in terms of where I am today I um, you know I, relationships are very important to me whether that's you know romantic platonic professional but in terms of my in romantic uh the romantic sense I realized um a number of years ago that an unconscious belief I'd had for like a large part of my adult life that I wasn't um worthy actually of deep intimacy like of the real thing mm. Mm. Do you know, know where that comes from is a whole other uh, a whole other podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, would have been brought up with stuff a lot in therapy over the years. Got an incredible therapist. But anyway, uh, so I did struggle a lot with that. And I think I had um experiences that affirmed that belief. And so after taking a good pause and uh doing a lot of work on myself and so on, um uh yeah, I've just really rewired uh rewired that belief and uh, and happened to meet someone um incredible and so loving so kind so emotionally mature so i'm very proud of that in a way having done that work and um yeah she's just the best thing ever so that's my the one of the first examples of belief second example of belief would be related to work i think when i first moved from design into film i was simultaneously so excited about this move Hmm. but I was unexpectedly hit with a pretty big bout of imposter syndrome. Mm. I was just like, you know, this voice, different to the alchemy voice. Different another voice. voice. Yeah. Another voice. Very, 
very kind of seductive kind of cool like just background voice <laughs> would come in every now and then and go look at how far other people have come at your estate you know yeah why are you doing this you know you you know you could be so far in design and so on if you hadn't moved yeah and, and I was really battling with this even though all the outer signs like all the opportunities and work I was doing would tell a very different story mm. and a, a line from Brené Brown changed things for me and that was she said I'm going to paraphrase and I'm going to get it wrong but she said in an interview always keep your shadow out in front of you because she can will only take you down from behind in mm. other words keep those um uh keep that voice of of uh, negativity of darkness and so on of of lack of worthiness not enoughness clear don't deny it just no. keep it out in front so that you can kind of tackle it head on and mm. once I heard that and realized that then I similar to the first belief I had to work really hard and I still work a lot of directors and so on still work to rewire mm. that belief yeah um to, to the point where I am today to the point uh, where you are today yeah but that consciously I think consciously seeing those uh unconscious beliefs is mm. was a big changer for me yeah okay and what did you transfer so these are like self-sabotaging limiting beliefs yes so what did you transform them to well the first one example was to feeling like I am actually worthy of a deep intimacy and authentic love mm. you know like mm. Would you think, of course. of course, of course, you know, if you had a child, you look at the child and, you know, such a beautiful baby child, you, you know, you can see as the mother, as the parent, as the father, whatever, they are deserving of love. But all these experiences you have, by the time you get to an adult, that's not necessarily the case. If you're that child. That well, that's not how you feel. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so change that to, a, you know, so, and sometimes I still look up at my my partner and go, oh God, really? Do I deserve you? You know, and I have to catch myself. So I think it's a it's a lifelong thing. And then the work wise again, just a sense, no, a, a sense of I deserve to be here. I've worked really hard to get here. But the beliefs you asked, the, I just wanted to mention the other beliefs that have been with me like all along that have mm. never they're the on on the the good angel side. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a dark angel and a good angel. But, yeah. yeah. I've I've had it was a really great question. So I kind of identified three with with your question. That was like number one. I don't think we get second chances. Actually, mm. I think we get an infinite number of chances. Mm. So I think if we lose something, miss an opportunity, fuck up whatever it is, the boat always comes back around. Mm. In my experience, that's yeah. the case. That's yeah. always been at me really strongly. Mm. Second one is. Um, I think we we look to other people and we call them geniuses, but I actually don't believe that someone is a genius. I think someone has access to genius. And I think we all have access to this quality called genius. And I think um, whatever the problem is we want to solve, we just have to plug in and pull down from this collective unconscious or whatever you want to call it. I really do believe that. Mm -hmm. um, and the third one would be like, I've always felt loved by something bigger than me. I've struggled with feeling, with believing that I could be loved unconditionally by a human. But, mm -hmm. um, and uh, that'd be my spiritual self. Now, I'm not religious. I'm not atheist either. I'm not even new age. I just feel, I just feel that it's always been with, there with me. So that has really kind of propelled me forward mm. when all these other voices yeah. chime in with the other stuff. I kind of wow. lead, I mean, you know, 
I say that now, but of course you forget about that stuff sometimes. But I do lean into that and I plug in to fuel up and top up a lot. And I'm very grateful for that. I don't know, again, where it essentially comes from, but I've always had this feeling of being loved. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful, actually. I just think to have that um, that sense of knowing and not knowing where it comes from, but just knowing it's there and to, to have that, to live with that, I think is such a beautiful thing. Yeah, thanks for yeah. Yeah, no worries. I mean, a lot of people would think that's a load of hogwash. I'm like, that, I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. No. Well, I mean, I don't because I feel like mm. people, I feel like, I feel like you need to believe something. Yeah. Whether it's religious or not, it doesn't matter. I've, to, otherwise, what's the alternative? Mm. And that's that's how I see it. So if you believe that, I think that only I can only help you in your life can yeah. really help you move forward and help you be happy and find happiness and overcome those you know the darker the darker things that we hear or tell ourselves I think that yes you need that. so having having someone that's always on your side no matter yeah, what yeah true actually that's a nice way of putting it yeah yeah I used to build these invisible teams for myself depending on the project oh, right. <laughs> we used to call in like I used to write a list I used to make a contract and like I'd make a list of people living and dead who I thought would be great fits if I had a squad team to make the oh, project yeah. happen yeah uh, I haven't done that in a while actually because I just kind of I feel like uh magic happens when you just connect to that kind of source whatever you want to call it but that was fun yeah Oh, that's so funny. I used to do like, um, you know, like it's like the same similar fantasy football team, but nothing to do oh, with yeah. football. I used yeah. to say, right, if I was going to have this amazing, incredible uh, social business, like who would I want? Mm-hmm. And I would p- I'd be picking people I knew who I thought oh, yeah. were really amazing people, had amazing talent, who I would like, yeah, I'd have you, I'd have you. We just, we would just, we would create an incredible incredible things and I used to do that a fantasy in my head all the time that's quite funny I love that idea fantasy football <laughs> a bit like fantasy football team yeah. all right yeah. uh, the last question I wanted to ask you is about your next project oh right yeah those ten we have to keep those um top secret uh, because they're oh. at the very delicate stages in development as oh. film. but I'll give you an example of one was one on um uh, neurodiversity in women which is a, a topic very close to my heart that's all I can say but uh it's lovely it's uh Jeremy it's lovely uh, <laughs> but it is again I'm just <laughs> casting my mind back to that feeling of when you're you know developing a, a concept that mm. really aligns with your values who you are what you want to say and how you want to help in the world it's there's no better feeling and then to work with yeah. a team to bring that to life oh my absolutely God, okay so, so yeah. you can't tell us could you could you tell us what neurodiver you mean by neurodiversity or not? Oh yeah. yeah. What how do we define neurodiversity? Oh gosh, Sinead Sinead consults an invisible <laughs> dictionary. Hang on, I'll just ask my invisible team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's no one, no one uh, started on the clock. Um, neurodiversity as being different to neurotypical. So you know, uh, according to the stats, you know, the vast majority of us are neurotypical in that our brains are wired. Uh, in a certain way and mm. um, to that mean we operate in this world in the system that we've built in a I suppose in a way that um is oh god I hate using words like this but is maybe a bit easier mm. than 
if if one is neurodiverse, neurodiverse neurodiversity covers kind of a, a broad range of identities and conditions such as autism, mm. uh, ADHD, and, and so on. Mm. And you know, I'm not a scientist or a clinical psychologist, but my understanding is is that the brain wiring is is different. We do mm. know, for example, with autistic uh, children, they're the the spinal cord they're born with a spinal cord a nervous where the nervous system is she says in a very sciencey way uh, that's different to to others so you know my partner for example um is neurodiverse uh and so she would be um uh highly uh, sensitive she would feel all the feelings see all the lights the sound hear all the sounds she soak up you know pretty much a million times more than a neurotypical would Mm. and if if you're not careful that can fill you up very quickly and overflow resulting in a thing called autistic overwhelm Mm. and I don't think we understand um, enough about neurodiversity and autism in women particularly because all the research has been done on men and boys Um, and and so yeah when we see you know uh, do you know much about stimming no okay so what I'm what I'm doing now with my body rocking mm. or like tapping my head or like shaking my hand mm. it's called stimming it's called uh, this is a stim mm. and short for self-stimulation and what it does is it helps regulate the nervous system if an autistic person is feeling overwhelmed mm. now in our society um a lot of people judge that as bad crazy hysterical wrong must be stopped mm. but actually when it's safe it's an it's a lifesaver for the autistic person so we have to stop um judging and we have to stop labeling autistic people as as crazy when when they're you know stimming when when they're doing a very smart thing yeah they're managing their overwhelm yeah and you know you just reminded me of a child in class when I was very very young I think I was about Mm. eight and I imagine it wasn't understood then because I remember this boy that's what he would do and there's actually wasn't just him there was other children but not many that would be doing rocking and doing things like that quite a bit and getting in trouble yeah for fidgeting um, you just reminded me obviously I had no idea what what, what that was about um, yeah. but clearly the teachers didn't either so I think it's a really yeah. really important I mean they probably do now I have no idea they probably do now mm-hmm. uh, but it's probably wow. really really good an important topic um now sure you know I think when Hannah Gadsby came out as autistic it was incredible and I think when Greta Thunberg came out Grace Tame and and so on all these women with autism it's like huh Stephanie Preisner a journalist in Ireland as well it's like oh wow these Mm. are everyday people just like us but just have this different brain wiring I know when I before I met my partner I had really no idea what it was and to be perfectly honest with you was a little bit scared of it mm. um, didn't know if it was a mental health issue or a disorder but it's it's not at all no um, no no and so why do you think I just I'm curious now why did you why do you think there's been more studies on men and boys than women well great question <laughs> uh I think that's Historically speaking, again, I'm not a scientist or a psychologist in this area, but I think a lot of studies have been on men and boys. Mm. Um, you know, back in 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, I, 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 my understanding is that most of the researchers were male. Uh, they would have studied male cohorts in their work. 
I don't know the exact answer to that question, but I do know that they decided that autism had certain symptoms like um, lack of eye contact, social awkwardness, um, real difficulty, difficulty with communication. Do you know, you you still see a lot of kind of the stereotypical male autistic characters in TV shows, such as like The Big Bang and and so on. Mm. Um, But in women and girls, as it's emerged that they too um, are autistic, can, there's the preferred preferred terminology, by the way, than having autism, as if it's some kind of disease. um, disease. Not for everyone, I've learned, um, but for a lot of folks saying I am autistic, like saying I'm gay or I'm Irish or... I'm Australian or whatever mm. it's an identity thing and side note yeah as it's emerged that women and girls have it we, they're realizing that they don't necessarily have problems with eye contact yeah. or struggle with communication because they're socialized and in a very different way they're they're encouraged girls in general are encouraged to mask their feelings always smile pretend everything's fine mm. and go forward and so it's autism is, is hidden in a lot of women for example who have had their children diagnosed with autism realize over the course of being diagnosed they too are autistic mm. and they start realizing they too have experienced the world in a similar way so it's really it's really really interesting yeah it sounds fascinating can't wait to hear more about it when it's more official and out there right nice oh this is so good to talk to you thank you oh you too absolute pleasure I think what you're doing is amazing you guys I think it's it's brilliant diversity and and inclusion is such an important movement I think Mm. to be a part of now yeah exactly all the world we live in yeah so before you go what are you going to do for the rest of the day well look I'm probably gonna look at myself in the mirror and do my hair uh we have um, my partner Jana's auntie staying with us. So we're probably going to head out and uh, to a lovely cafe, go nice. for a walk along by the sea and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Beautiful. The puppy here, the puppy will come with us. Oh, yeah. my um, my puppy, my puppy's behaving because often, can you see him? He's in his bed. Oh, cute. Yeah. He's often biking during these things at the most inappropriate time. But he's been really good. He's asleep. Chill. Right. Oh, he's chilled. Thanks so much. thanks so thanks for joining us thank you so much it's a pleasure speaking to you you too Mm -hmm. to meet you yeah you too thanks so much for having me thank you all right we'll let you go then have a great day see you later Bye. bye 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 wow that was so cool very cool wow you know what what when she was talking about the whole beliefs thing, mm. I just realized I've never asked myself that either. Like, you know, what um what are my beliefs? It's mm. it's amazing that she's thought about it and she understands it and she's worked on mm. stuff that she's identified that that is holding her back. Cause I think a lot of us don't do that at all. You know, we just Yeah. We're like well that's I mean what what she did mention she's had therapy and Mm. that's what I would say has helped her um obviously me being a coach that's exactly what I do with my clients Mm. I work on um revealing what their beliefs are and how to rewire that Mm. with you know a host of techniques that I use with them because and and I'll I'll also say this uh, this is a saying I don't know if you've ever heard it there's more than one way to skin a cat sounds absolutely terrible 
I don't know where it comes from. Maybe somebody could share that. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Hmm. So whether you go into therapy, whether you see a psychologist, whether hmm. you do so many therapies out there, of course, I'm going to plug coaching, hmm. life coaching, because that's really, it's, that's exactly what it's about. That's exactly what it's for. It's not, that's how we get people to um, turn around their thoughts and attitudes because that's what's required to get what they're not, what they don't have. So mm. if they come to me because they want to be even better in their career, or if they come to me because they want to find romantic love, or if they come to me because they want to find their purpose and they're not happy with in their role, or if they come to me just because they just don't feel happy, mm. then there's something going on, beliefs, mm. something going on um, that we need to reveal and reprogram. And that's essentially what I do with coaching mm. and my clients. So to me, if somebody's had any type of therapy or coaching, then they're definitely probably going to be people that actually think about those things because it, it kind of sets you up to be more aware of, it, of those things moving forward. And so you're able to observe yourself more than you would normally. And what do I mean by that? So you could be typically going through life and just feeling things and not really understanding why. Yeah. And just going through the motions, letting life happen to you. Mm. And that's, I think, how a lot of people go through their lives. Yes. And then with, if you seek out help to grow, um, and what I mean by grow is I mean grow emotionally, not just not just um, cognitively, but emotionally, because they're all linked. Mm. They're not independent things. Um, then you hopefully you develop a skill to be able to observe mm. yourself more, almost like you're standing outside of yourself, looking, going, hearing that voice, noticing that voice, noticing how it's making you feel, so you can observe it. And then, like Sinead said, it's important, I don't know she's, where she's learned that or if she just feels that, to acknowledge it, mm -hmm. you know, take notice of it, not just try and suppress it because that never yeah. works. <laughs> never works. That always makes me laugh yes. when people go, just push it down. But especially when you, you kind of socialize to not show emotion. Yeah. And it's quite interesting that she said um, women are um, – you know, kind of trained not to show emotion. They feel it because how, how often do you get women, women being told they're too emotional? Yeah. But to like put them brave face on, smile, whatever's going on. But men as well. Yeah. Um, well, women are given permission to feel certain emotions, right? You can cry all you want because that's, that's, you know, that's what true. women do. You know, that's okay. You can cry, but you can't always get angry. Because angry women are not a thing, you know. Like it's not, it's not feminine. Yeah, it's not feminine. You're a shrew, then, you know. Yeah. So um, feel, you know, sad and whatever. That's fine, you know. Yeah. Then you, you're whoever can comfort you, and then you can feel better. But, but yeah, so and obviously men are told a different thing that their anger is okay, but them feeling vulnerable and sad aren't. And exactly. Aren't. So yeah, it's a twisted little thing. It is. And I, I would, you know, just go on to say that example she gave when um, she'd experienced bias about, you know, the guy, the cine, cinematographer, I think he was, yeah. calling her bossy. When I would say she was angry, 
because mm. it completely disregarded exactly. um, what they'd agreed to do. Mm. Yeah. And so she was angry. And but but because she's a woman, she's bossy. Yeah. Uh, that would be, I would just be angry. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. She did well because it's hard not to react to that word in itself. It's like when when somebody calls a woman hysterical, like there are certain words that have like other meanings. And you don't get men you don't get men being called hysterical. Exactly. For yeah. showing the same behavior. And you don't get men being called bossy. Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, for showing the same behavior, so it, it's it, yeah, it does go to show the double standard mm. that exists. And you know what? We're actually running out of time, but I really, really, really want to do that story before we go. Well, yes. Okay. Um, right. We do have a story from ABC News. Um, it's called Dalesford. Dalesford is the future home of the Big Rainbow a joyous symbol of the LGBTIQA plus inclusion. So the Western Victoria town of Dalesford will soon be the home of the Australians, of Australia's first um, big icon that celebrates the LGBTQA plus pride in a regional location. So about 16,000 votes were cast with Dalesford triumphing over three other shortlisted towns, which was Broome in Western Australia, Hay in uh, New South Wales and Catherine in Northern Territory. Mayor of Hepburn Shire Council, Tim Dryley, uh, described Dalesford's victory in securing the symbol as a fantastic opportunity for the town to continue its history of celebrating diversity. The rainbow icon is a beacon for inclusion, he said. It's joyous symbol we all associate with hope, the vibrant landmark which um, is sponsored by a major dating app, measures 12 metres wide and 6 metres tall. It's made its debut in Sydney earlier this year to mark the start of the search um, for its future home. Yeah. Uh, so in since 1997, the town has um, played host to the Chill Out Festival, which I actually hadn't heard of. I haven't heard of that. Which is a regional, uh, which is uh, regional Australia's biggest uh, country queen pride event. Oh. Um, in March, the council appointed its first LGBTQA plus committee, which is amazing. Um, Dryly encouraged other rural and regional communities to also platform progressive inclusion, um, inclusive voices. Everyone benefits. It lifts people up. They feel more involved in their community, are more likely to get involved, he said. There are lots of reasons to be supporting these, those sorts of initiatives. Wow. Yeah. Oh wow! So I'm getting so maybe explain big is a big rainbow. Is it called the big rainbow? It is the big rainbow. So it has obviously the rainbow. There's two. It looks like um, anchors at the sides, which uh, look like rocks. Okay, because because like well, why is that? Why is that even a big deal? Well, one, it's a big rainbow represents the LGBTQI. Yeah. I plus. Um. That that's a. why. Sorry, I, there is an I in there. I in there. IQA plus. IQA plus. Yes. Um, so that's why we're obviously talking about it. But in Australia, I don't know if they do this anywhere else in the world. There's this this whole concept that when you're on the road on the road trip, mm. you visit the big things. Big so banana. we have the big banana. 
The big prawn. The big prawn. Big sheep. Do we this for a big sheep? There is a giant big sheep. Oh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what all the big things are, but there's a lot of big things. Yes. And I've actually I've visited the big banana and I've visited the big prawn. Mm. Um when I've been doing road trips up to Queensland and all over. So there's just it's just kind of like a little thing to do, stopping on your way and getting a photograph with yeah. these giant the giant prawn or a giant banana essentially. And the big guitar. Oh, is there a big guitar? Yeah. Where's that? Um Tamworth. Because the 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 music festival things. Pretty cool. (laughs) Oh no, I didn't know there's a big guitar. So there's so many big things. And the fact that now we've got a big rainbow and what that represents, I think it's beautiful. Mm. I just no idea where that place is if I'll ever be doing a road trip there. Where is it? Yeah, I'm I'm not really It says it's in Victoria. Yeah, Western Victoria. So we'll have to find it because obviously it's... I'm just like, West of it, maybe hmm. uh, maybe it's like on the way if you were driving, like if, you, if you were going to do a crazy drive like to the Adelaide or something, you might yes, exactly. um, drive past through there just to see the big rainbow and get a picture. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Oh, it, um, yeah. It's, it's very cool. I'm just trying to figure out. Um, so I have, it's definitely the county is Hepburn, but... Yeah, I don't know. It looks actually it doesn't look too far from Melbourne, but that's you know me saying it because I feel like Australians don't really have a good concept of how far places are. Yeah, so because everything is so far. So oh no, it's very close to Melbourne. It's All like right. an hour and a half. All right, so we you could go from Melbourne then. You could do yes. you could go on the way to Melbourne detour to the big rainbow. Yeah, good to know. Might do that mm, at some point. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Not too far from Bendigo and Ballarat as well. So Bendigo and Ballarat. Okay. The big rainbow. Definitely want to get a picture near that. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. What a wonderful story. Mm. Yes, yes, definitely. Everybody go and see Big Rainbow. Take pictures. Send them. Send them in. <laughs> and everybody go see the the what was it? Love experiment. Oh, the love experiment. It's big yeah, man. it's um on template right now as a pilot yeah. still. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I just can't wait to see what else she, what else, what she comes up with next. I really found that interesting. Her next project. Yeah, um, it's it, yeah, I, I find creative people in general quite inspiring. But to take something that was, you know, very terrible that happened to you, mm-hmm. and then turn it into like a completely different career and and be so positive and um, create so much stuff like content and whatever. Fantastic. But you know we're all creative. I don't, I kind of I just I just sort of finish this. We're all creative. Yes. We are. We're all creative. Um every every single person can create. It just means creating something. And it might be problem solving is being creative. So everything everybody's creative. You're creative as well. It annoys me when people say it when I, when what they mean is they have a specific art skill. Right. It's not yeah. unique to having an art skill, being creative, like an artist, a photographer or yes. whatever. Yeah. It's obviously they do create things. So obviously, yeah. um, but everyone is because, and the reason why I get annoyed is because I also hear people saying I'm not creative, which yes. is not true. Yeah. Um, because everybody. How I would describe myself, I think. They're, they're, because you grow up thinking creative is, is an artist. And, mm. You know, that that's what it is. So everybody else who doesn't do that isn't an artist or a musician or a writer. Yeah. 
but then it's limiting because then you you keep telling yourself you're not creative then you don't attempt to be if Mm. you know what I mean so that's one of the beliefs so that's a belief that is a limiting (laughs) belief exactly right there yeah (laughs) it's a limiting belief right there all right all right we're ready to go we're like an hour yes gonna be long but mm-hmm. if it's such a great episode so great to have Sinead on what's mm-hmm. you you what was who was I guess speaker Mina? it was Sinead yeah I love meeting her <laughs> I remember the name oh, yeah anyway yeah okay cool all right then we'll we'll speak soon yeah see you next Bye. time Bye. Bye. bye Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have as much fun with us today as we did. If what you heard resonated with you, don't forget to show the love and like our YouTube channel, All One with Tracy G. Give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform is lucky enough to have this episode because they rock too. Feel free to email us stories or questions at alloneinclusive at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter if updating yourself about everything which goes down sounds like something right up your alley at tracygandu.com. Until the next time, see ya!